Well, good afternoon, everyone. It's good to see you. I'm here with Christine, my wife. If you can raise your hand, Christine. Christine's here. Uh, my name is Kyle Reisdorf, and we are going to Poland as missionaries. So thank you so much for having us here, that we can just share with you our heart for ministry and what God put on our heart in particular for Poland. Um, so it's interesting, Joseph, that you're going to Poland. So that's, that's great. But let's just take a moment and pray for uh, Joseph, and then we'll pray for this time too, okay? Uh, Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for all the people that you've brought here, for these ladies, and just for the time to um, talk about what you've done for us and in our hearts to go to Poland. And uh, I do pray for Joseph. Thank you for all these things that you're doing and all the people that he's been able to give the gospel to in his uh, ministries with the basketball camps. And I pray for your richest blessings on him. I pray that you would bring many people to these camps and that many would be um, desiring to uh, to enjoy these camps, but also that it would be the gospel coming into their lives through this avenue. So please use him and use others who are working with him, Lord. Please provide all the support that they need. Um, give them what they need to be able to do this ministry. And then, Lord, we pray that you would use it in a in a way far more abundantly greater than we could ask or imagine. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, Poland. Uh, anybody here, do you know if you have Polish heritage? I know at least one person does, Teresa Houston, who is Polish. Okay, and we have another one here. I read, I think it was the other night, I think it was like 8 to 10 million uh, Americans have can trace some sort of Polish heritage. So maybe you have Polish heritage and you don't even know it. That would be kind of cool. Uh, but here we go. So Poland, we're going to be serving just outside of Warsaw, Poland. There it is there on the map. You can see that it is right next to Germany. And most people would say it's in Eastern Europe because it was east of the Berlin Wall. Is this, can you hear me okay? Is that okay? Like this? Okay, great. You can hear, it was just east of the Berlin Wall, so most people would say it's in Eastern Europe, but if you put your finger right in the middle of Europe, you'd probably hit Poland. So you could think Eastern or Central Europe. That's where we're going. Uh, but just before we jump in, I, I want to answer a question. Why is missions important? Why, why do people pack up their bags? What we're doing to go to Poland is, you know, I guess it's a sacrifice, but some people go, I mean, they pack up their bags, like, as uh, his name, Davis, he went to Chad, and he lives in a tent in the desert without air conditioning, I guess, and translates the Bible. That's a pretty big sacrifice. Other people uh, pack up their, their bags, and they go live in a jungle in Papua New Guinea and translate the Bible, and um, I even read uh, Joseph's dad, I don't know if he knows this, but when we do training for ministry, we had to read an article written by your dad. What's his name again? Greg, yeah. We read an article written by Greg when he went to Ukraine and his first night there when they got into the hotel room and there was cockroaches all over their bed sheets. And I mean, the people make a sacrifice, right? Do you, do you remember that? I mean, you, you weren't born yet, were you? Okay. Well, you probably heard about it. I mean, it's a famous story in your house, I bet. So why do people do this with missions? Why, do they, what's, why is it so important that somebody would do that and, and leave um, a comfortable life or everything that's familiar to them? And I think it starts with really God. It's that God cares about the nations, doesn't he? Um, you think about it, all the way through the Bible, you can see God's heart from the nations. It's not just like when you get to the New Testament, all of a sudden, oh, God cares about the nations. We go bring the gospel to everybody. You can even see it developing throughout the whole Old Testament. Even as early as Genesis chapter 12, when God makes a promise to Abraham, and he says that you will, you will, you will be a blessing to all the families or all the nations of the earth. Now, the purpose of Israel, they were to be a kingdom of priests, Exodus chapter 19, I think verse 6 and 7, they were to be a kingdom of priests, and so they were to represent the Lord to, to the nations. Um, in Psalm 96, there's a call for all the nations. I need my Bible. Um, sorry about that. That's an important thing to forget. Uh, Psalm, Psalm chapter 96, let me just read you a couple of verses here. 
96, 1 to 3, it says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous work among all the peoples. And God has a heart, even in the Old Testament, for the nations. Now, Jonah went to go preach to Nineveh, and Nineveh was not a city in Israel. It was a city outside of Israel. And then we see God's compassion for the Ninevites, an atrocious people as bad as the Ninevites. God has a heart for the nations. And you can look at other examples in the Bible, too. Another reason why missions are so important is because the salvation of souls is a serious thing. Listen to what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 9. He said, I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Now we know from Romans chapter 8 that he couldn't actually lose his salvation, but to speak in the strongest terms, say, hey, look, I wish that I could give up my salvation so that they could be saved. That's pretty, I mean, can you say it any stronger? Romans chapter 10, he says a similar thing, just a little bit more succinct. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Heart's desire, prayer to God. You think about how many things in this world last forever. Uh, for us to go to Poland, we needed to buy a new car. So Christine and I, we, we were able to get a new car. We really like it. And we, we tried to think of a long-term vehicle. We didn't buy a Maserati or a Ferrari or anything like that. But we bought a, a Toyota RAV4. And this is the nicest car that I've ever owned. It, only, it had less than 30,000 miles on it. It has Bluetooth. And that's like a, like a modern-day miracle. If you had Bluetooth in your car, it, it's, it's on your phone. It's playing through the speakers. I'm all about that. Sermons and the briefing. It's great. Um, music. But you know what? That car is not going to make it into, into the eternal state, is it? It's just going to be burned up with everything else. How many things in, in our lives have an eternal value to them? How many things are going to last forever? We have God's word. It's everlasting. God's love is everlasting. I mean, obviously God himself with all his attributes is everlasting. But one thing that is, is going to be in through eternity is the human soul, whether in hell forever or in heaven forever. So there's very few things that have an eternal value. And so the salvation of souls is a very serious thing, isn't it? Um, sharing Christ is a mandate from God. Another reason why missions is important. And we know this, Matthew chapter 28, uh, the main command is to make disciples of all the nations. And so Jesus, when he's about to send into heaven, he gives a mission and says, you need to go make disciples of what? All the nations. So this gospel message that we have is to go to all the nations. Now, that doesn't mean if you're, if you're not called to missions that you're, so to speak, off the hook. I and mean, this is for all of us, isn't it? With our friends, with our neighbors, with our coworkers, with our family members, everybody that we can, get, can we talk to, it's important for them and for their eternal soul, too, that they would give the gospel. Or, I'm sorry, that they would get the gospel from us. And, and that's what God wants us. He, he wants us to give this message as far as the, all the nations. And then finally, this is maybe the most important reason, but God brings people to himself through the gospel. Actually, I'm sorry, I was thinking of this slide. Missions glorifies God. This is perhaps the most important. God is praised in his work of redemption. Go back sometime, read Ephesians chapter 1, where the work of salvation is unfolded, highlighting what each member of the Trinity has done in salvation. God the Father in electing, God the Son in redeeming, God the Spirit in sealing. And there's a refrain there, it's to the praise of his glory. Amen? Right? Amen. All right, very good. And, uh, oh, one second. Here we go. And also, we know that God brings people to himself through the gospel. Romans chapter 10, 
classic missions verse, how will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? And so we give people the gospel. We give them the gospel. And that's how people get saved. And that's why missions involves, like Joseph was saying, you, I got to share the gospel with these coaches. That's what he's doing it for. He, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you like basketball if you're doing all these camps, but it's got to be because you love to give people the gospel. It's the great impetus for all of that, right? So um, that's, why we're, that's why missions is important. That's for every single one of us in this room, not just for Christine and I or for Joseph or for David going to Madagascar. But what is Poland like? And I probably should just bring Teresa Houston up here, but I'm not going to do that without any notice. Uh, a, few, a few basics. Um, Poland, it, the name, when it translated from what I read, means people of the fields. So people of the fields, they speak the language Polish, which is, a, from what I understand, to be a very difficult language to learn. I'm very... Uh, much on the beginner side of learning Polish right now. Roughly 38 million people in Poland. I think California has somewhere in the 40s, right? 40 million plus, between 40 and 50 million, if that gives you an idea. Um, it's about the size of New Mexico or Arizona, or if you think in terms of square mileage, 120,733 square miles. And uh, it was established, you kind of trace it back to 966 AD, when a guy named Prince Mietzko, I think was his name, Prince Mietzko um, was the, the first king. It's the eighth largest economy in the EU, and it is highly and to almost totally Roman Catholic. Kind of like you would picture Italy or Ireland. Um, there's a saying, to, to be Polish is to be Catholic. Okay, so if that gives you an idea. And that's a picture of St. Anne's Church in Warsaw. Very ornate, very, very beautiful, very beautiful. So here's a few interesting facts. Poland has been invaded and fought for freedom in insurrections 43 times from 1600 to 1945. So it's a war-torn nation. Sometime maybe you should Google um, uh, like Warsaw, World War II, and you can just see that Warsaw was totally leveled by the Germans. In fact, I think there was a special sect of the Nazis whose job was to kind of just blow everything back when they were retreating. They just blowed everything up while they were retreating from the nation. So it was, to oops, I did it again, sorry. Um, so klutzy. Uh, Copernicus was Polish, so that's a claim to fame. Poles marry the youngest in the EU. And uh, it, watching Home Alone is a, church, a Christmas tradition. And I think also Die Hard on Christmas Eve, from what I've heard. So I haven't actually seen Die Hard for the record, but if you have, it's a Christmas tradition. Apparently, Christmas Eve in Poland. And uh, Poland is one of the few countries in the world where courteous hand kissing is still a common practice. It may be common, but I think it's still going to be awkward for me. So I'm not really looking forward to that. Um, Okay, so why is Poland in our hearts? Uh, here's a picture of my family. Obviously, you see Christine here. Our two little boys, Jonathan and Jeremiah. Um, Jeremiah's the bigger one, and Jonathan's the littler one, but not by much, and he's getting his payback. So, uh, Yes, we do know Tomasz. Yeah, in fact, we're joining him, so it's kind of funny that you're going to do this camp with him in June, you said? May, end of May? Beginning of June? Yeah, so I met Tomek here as a student. Um, is his name Tomasz? Is his name Tomek? Is his name Thomas? I don't know. I actually asked him after knowing him for a few months, like, what is your name anyway? Uh, and it's the answer is yes, it's, it's all three. If, uh, if, and maybe Teresa could comment on this further. You could ask her afterwards. Where is Teresa, by the way? Okay, there she is back here. Uh, she, she, she lived in Poland and grew She's Polish, truly Polish. But uh, Tomasz is like the official name. But if you're buddies with him, you can call him Tomek. But if you're in America with him, you, you can call him Thomas. And then only if you're his wife can you call him Tomushi. So don't do that. It's kind of like, a, yeah, don't make that mistake. Um, so I, I was just eating lunch here at TMS. This is probably a few years ago now, uh, just out there on the Grace Walk. 
And I didn't always eat lunch in seminary, and I just keep you so busy. I was always trying to read books and eat a sandwich at the same time. But I happened to be eating lunch this day, and um, and Tomek just came and pulled up a chair next to me. I knew that he was Polish, and um, and I just asked how he came to know the Lord. And you know, it's interesting. He actually came to know the Lord through a basketball camp. And so he, uh, yeah, so that's kind of neat, isn't it? So Tomek, he said he hated, he hated Christians, but he loved basketball. And so he had a decision to make when there was a Christian missionary basketball coach who came into town. Did he love basketball more or did he hate Christians more? And his love for basketball won out just a little bit. And he's like, I guess I can play basketball with this stupid guy. Those were his words. And then that's actually how Tomek became a believer at the age of 19. So don't underestimate what, what the Lord might do through you with the missions, with basketball. Um, so anyway, that, he got saved when he was 19. And then now he's back in Poland and we're going to join up with him at an existing church. And he actually joined the only other TMS grad in Poland. So Lord willing, there'll be all three of us at the same church so that we can um, do ministry together there. We visited in 2017 just to kind of finally decide, okay, this is what the Lord has for us. So uh, I kind of just went through this. But uh, he, he came here to America after he became, he was already doing ministry for a number of years in Poland, and he came here to America. And when he came, uh, he went to Washington, D.C. and did an internship with Mark Dever. And for uh, a little bit, he came out here for Shepherd's Conference, where he met Irv Busnitz, who I think told him, hey, you should just come finish up your education here at TMS. And so that's how ultimately he ended up at TMS. And he graduated from TMS and now obviously is back. So he just went from uh, Poland to D.C. to Grace Community. Yeah. So I know, quite the infographic. They should, I, I, I almost went into marketing. I know you can tell. So no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so here's a quick... Um, okay, good. Yeah, so this is just a quick map that he lived in Borna Sulinovo at the at the top here, and it was is it's pretty much the middle of nowhere. In fact, it used to be a secret Soviet military base because you can't. I, what I heard is you can't see it from the air because there's so many trees. But then when the wall fell in 1989, the Polish government tried to revamp it to be kind of a cool tourist town to go to, and um, the initiative failed. So there's high unemployment in the town, and there's lots of drug use from what I understand and, and things like that. Um, but Tomek went there as a as a brand, almost a brand new believer, a couple of years old in the Lord, and planted a church there. I think there was one believer in the town, and God was gracious and saved people. And But when he was finishing seminary, he realized, you know, I, I think that I have a unique stewardship, and I should go somewhere in Poland where there's a, a, a more people around and where I can have a more strategic location so people can come in and be trained. And so he decided to join up with another guy named Janik in Grodzisk, Mazowiecki, which is just outside of Warsaw, about 20 miles outside of Warsaw. So I, I think of it kind of like Santa Clarita and Los Angeles, uh, sort of a suburb of a big city. Um, so that's where they are now. And they are, oh, I got a little issue here. Great. Okay, so they're in this uh, a church. They just got a new building, which they're thankful for. And uh, there's Tomek preaching. And the other guy uh, sitting down with his wife, that's Yannick Indorota, who was, who was pastoring the church before Tomek got there and um, just in the middle of a city. So you can see here, Poland is not, we, we are not sacrificing like some. We're going to like a place with roads and cars and freeways and running water and toilets. And so it, we're, we're doing okay. Uh, but it just kind of looks like a, a, first, uh, a first world country. It's not quite to the same level of standard of living as America was. I was expecting that when I went there. It's, it's, it's Europe. It's going to be kind of like the same. It's not the same. Everything is a lot smaller. Um, Christine, do you have any comments just on what uh, some experiences in, in Poland when you were there? things you noticed about the country that were unique? <laughs> okay, come on. Okay. I don't talk very loud. 
Um, culturally, I thought it was interesting that because the country's so Catholic, there's shrines to Mary just along the roadside in big cities, in small villages. Um, but Mary is practically worshipped there, um, which is a sad. It's sad. That's that's part of our heart to go. Um, concern that people in the Catholic Church don't have that proper understanding of the gospel. Um, and I mean, it was interesting. We flew into Berlin when we visited, and so we had a car with German license plates, just just a, a D for Deutschland with a little circle, so tiny. And everywhere we drove in Poland, we got dirty looks for having German plates. Um, and there's still a lot of hostility there between um, Poles and Germans and Russians. Um, but it was just an interesting cultural thing. If you're Polish and they know you, they're extremely hospitable, very hospitable. If they don't know you, they're a little suspicious. So it, it's just interesting. Um, How about their food? Oh, I love food. Um, <laughs> um, you, I'm sure you can ask Teresa about this as well, but they eat fresh bread every day with breakfast. They walk to the bakery. Um, there's a lot of sausage. There's a lot of soups and stews. Um, I've attempted to make a couple of them, but I need a lot of practice on that. <laughs> so, um, but it, it was... It was a joy to us to get to go and see it and, um, and, and meet the people that will be joining in ministry. So, yeah. Thank you. Great. So let me just tell you a little bit. Christine kind of already went into this, but the great um, need is it partially is just for evangelism because there's a dominating Catholic heritage in Poland. Um, like we said, to be Polish is to be Catholic. Uh, over 90% Catholic. And some people, as we've... As we've explained what we're doing, we had a little bit of kickback, and I don't think we would here at Grace Community Church. Um, but really, I just want to make it clear that the biggest the biggest issue with the Roman Catholic Church, there's a lot of things you could touch on. Christine talked about kind of how they view Mary, and that's not biblical. Um, praying to saints, you could go through a lot of things with all the traditions they do on a, on their masses and all that. But but maybe the crux issue is justification by faith alone, which is really answering the question: How do we get right with God? How do we get right with God? And we know, well, we can't, really. I mean, we, we're dead in our sins, Ephesians chapter 2, and we, we can't do anything to be right with God. It has to be somebody else doing the work for us, and that's through Christ alone, right? We're saved by Christ alone, through grace alone, by faith alone, to the glory of God alone is revealed through the Scriptures alone. And so that, that issue of justification by faith alone is the, is the huge issue in the Catholic Church. And so what we hope to do is, is give the gospel to Catholic people and hopefully have some sort of exposure to the Bible. And we have some common ground with the word of God. And so hopefully we can give them the truth of the Bible as we build relationships with them and explain to them that, you know, you're saved because of what Christ has done. And when he said it is finished, he meant it's finished. You know, everything was paid for by Christ. Um, so it's not that it's not like you have, you know, Lutherans and Methodists and Baptists and Presbyterians and Catholics. It's out. It's it's outside of that. It's outside of that because they don't believe rightly about the gospel, about how Christ. Now I hope, and I'm not trying to say that everybody who's Catholic is is not saved. I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, there is some truth in the Catholic Church, and they they actually have time to read through the Bible in some of their services, and so. God, in spite of the system, can still save people within the Catholic Church. So I'm not trying to say that everybody is necessarily unsaved. But when you think about the official teaching of the church and how they're there week after week, is the, is the truth being skewed to such a point where a lot of people don't understand the gospel? I think so. 
And so therefore, there'd be a great need for to go clarify that. And so one of the things that we want to do as uh, missionaries is just give the gospel to people. That's what missionaries do. Um, so also, there's a huge need for training men. So if there's a huge Catholic church, there's a very small evangelical church, or a church that proclaim, proclaims the gospel rightly, uh, very small. In fact, when I was here uh, with, with Tomek out on the Grace Walk, he said that if you were to get all of the Baptists in Poland, he was part of the Baptist Convention, he said if you were to get all of them in the country of 38 million under one roof on a Sunday morning, it would be about half the size of Grace Church. Uh, so that's that's pretty that's pretty small when you think about how huge it was. In fact, when we were there in Poland, we were with several different believers, and they all knew each other. They all knew who they like different people all across Poland because it's such a tight knit community of evangelical believers. So it could have been somebody five hours away, like, oh yeah, I know I know that guy. And um, so anyway, uh, it's very small. So there's a huge need to train men because there's very few resources in Polish, and also there's very few churches that are doing. Um, really great modeling of biblical ministry. You know, you, you learn a lot about church by going to a good church and seeing how the pastor preaches from the Word of God and how the songs are centered on the Word of God. But when you don't have that, you, you don't have a model of ministry. And so there's a huge need to have model churches, but also to have systematic training for men. So we hope to have a training center for people to come and to um, eventually, maybe even a TMAI eventually. It's not quite ready for that yet, but to have people come and like, hey, let's do a weekend on how to study the Bible. Let's just do that. Like, let's just teach you how to study the Bible. Let's do a weekend on a survey of the Old Testament. And maybe we would bring in some people, uh, some people who like to come and do those kind of classes. So we hope to have that, a training center um, soon. So our, our goal is to, first of all, learn the language. That's priority number one. In fact, I don't think that Tomek wants us to join him unless we learn the language. <laughs> I asked him after we went to Poland, I called him, or I think we Skyped, and I said, do you want us to come? Because if you don't want us to come, that makes it it's a pretty easy decision for us. And he's, he very graciously said, like, well, yeah, if you're willing to learn the language. <laughs> so uh, he's had people come before that didn't learn the language, and it just makes it really hard because he had to kind of constantly provide oversight. Um, and actually, it's kind of like babysitting. So we have to learn the language. So that's our first priority. We're even going to say no to some ministries initially to learn the language. And so we're excited for that. Um, we want to shepherd and disciple and equip people within the church that we're serving in, right? We just got to be faithful in the church that we're in first. But then we also want to evangelize the lost in Poland and, like I mentioned, train pastors in Poland. So that's our, that's our plan. Um, you can see here these pictures. Uh, Yannick is the guy in the picture below. That's the church before the new building. Um, that's the same people, I would presume, but then they got in that new building above. But that was in his living room. And so for, I think, about 10 years, he was a bivocational pastor, and they would open up their living room and have church in there, and he would work full-time and then preach. And so he's a really a really neat guy. Does anybody know Yannick from when he was here at TMS or Dorota? No? Okay, it was a while ago. I think it was 25 years ago or something. But so anyway, we're thankful for how we get to do that. So just to kind of finish up before we take some questions, um, how, how can you take part? Well, if you would just pray for us, we would love it. Please just keep us in prayer. Thank you for letting, and listening to this so that you know how to pray for us better. Now, in particular, pray for us as we're finishing our financial support. We're, you know, roughly three-quarters of the way there, so we're getting close by God's grace. But also, Christine has had some health challenges the last, um, really the last six months seven months, eight months, but it got really bad in November, and we actually um, have had a huge life change. She, we think she had an adrenal crash, and so um, in November, she just suddenly couldn't use her arms and her hands for about seven hours. We went to the ER. We didn't know what happened, and um, and then since then, she's 
she's for most of the last two months she's needed full-time care she can't care for our boys fully yet and so we've had to have people coming in and help us and but we're she's getting better i think we've if we were at zero percent in november we're at like 40 or 50 percent now so uh, we're thankful for what God's doing. But if you would just continue to pray for a speedy recovery for Christine, we would really love that, and, and for the rest of our financial support. And then um, if you'd like to give, gracechurch.org slash Reisdorf. Uh, but tell others about us too. Tell others. If, sometimes people have a connection to Poland, and so just, yeah, tell, tell others about us, and then maybe someday we'll have a, an STM from Grace come out or, or something, and you can come visit us. Uh, that would be really fun, wouldn't it? So uh, if there's any questions, I'd be happy to take questions now. Yes, ma'am? There's a, uh, a school associated with Wheaton College where they have a second language training program. So I don't know if they have an official name for it, but that's what we're going to do. And we'll just do it like an online class. Then we have, we'll have some tutors to help us learn how to pr pronounce. What I understand with language learning is even if you get to Poland and you get into like a great language school, you're not necessarily going to learn the language. You have to be self-taught on how to learn a language. And you kind of, you, you drive the ship, you, you pilot the ship yourself. So that Wheaton School will give us the tools so that we can know what we need to keep working on. Because the reality is, we're going to get through the first year, and I don't think we're going to be like, oh, yeah, we know Polish. And we'll get to four years, like, oh, yeah, we know Polish. I think we'll always be like, ah, Polish is impossible. <laughs> but hopefully we can get to the point where we can use it. And my goal is to be able to preach in Polish and teach in Polish. So, yeah, thanks for asking. Any other questions? Yes, ma'am. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. First of all, I'm very, I'm very unlikely candidate to be standing up at, at, here on Grace Church's campus. When I was in high school, I think I was a believer. I think I understood the gospel and trusted in Christ, but I had some, some hard leanings toward mysticism and, and leanings toward charismatic stuff too. And so um, it's kind of a long story, but when I was Deciding whether I'd go to college, I had my parents strongly influence me. You've got to go to college. And then I had uh, somebody that was kind of mentoring me saying, you know what, don't do it. Just go sell everything that you have and give it to the poor and just kind of pull a rich young ruler kind of thing. And so that I was really stuck between the two. So I made a hasty decision. Well, if, if I go to college, I'll go to the master's college. And um, I really liked Azusa Pacific when I looked at it. But for whatever reason, my pastor recommended master's, and I just decided to come to master's. And it was during my time at Masters that a lot of that stuff got buttoned down. And I was sitting, it's actually my second semester there, I was reading Our Sufficiency in Christ. It's a book written by an Irish guy, John MacArthur, or something like that. No, I'm just kidding, John MacArthur. And, uh, and I was reading it, and he had a chapter on the sufficiency of Scripture. And it was, I was mismanaging my time. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. I was reading through that Our Sufficiency in Christ chapter. And he was basically going from Second Peter chapter 1 saying that, that um, scripture trumps experience. And I was like, oh. And there was another guy who was also mismanaging his time. I was like, Eric, I, I'm such a moron. This whole time I thought that God spoke to us through signs and dreams and visions, but it's all right here in the Bible. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I mean, he's kind of like, well, yeah, of course. Um, so that was really a big turning point in my life. And that's what God used to kind of bring me back. But I did grow up in a church and I heard the truth from a young age. And I listened to a lot of Paul Washer in high school. I just don't know. I can't really put my finger on a day to say, this is the day that God saved me. But I take heart that when we look at scripture, it doesn't say, well, you know, fig if you want to know if you're a believer, figure out what day you committed to Christ. It says, well, look at your life now to see if you have the fruit of being a believer. And Christine um, grew up in the Christian home too. And I think 
when you were younger, there was an evangelist that came to the church, right? And that's when, when she would trace back her salvation. So, yeah. Any other questions? Yes. No, that's great. Okay. Well, great. Well, thank you guys so much for having us. Christine, is there anything else that you wanted to say too? Did I miss anything? Okay. Well, we'll be around for a little bit up here, and I think Alex is going to close us out. So thank you.